Hello once again and welcome to a fantastic episode of the Business Creators Radio Show where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. As the name says, our listeners are business creators. And if you're tuning into the Business Creators Radio Show today, you may be an entrepreneur, small business owner, or local business owner, a marketing or business coach, somebody who helps others build their businesses, and then on the other side of that coin, you may be somebody who loves having your own hands on the levers as you grow and market your own business. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, check us out at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and discover how our experts can help you win at the game of business and marketing. Also, check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Fresh content every week. Every five-star rating greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you. Today, I am especially honored to have with us none other than Mr. Jay Massey. And he is going to share with us his insights on overcoming tremendous challenges in life and in business. On the Business Creators Radio Show, this is one of our most popular trending topics because I think every entrepreneur, every business creator at some point finds himself in a place where they feel things aren't going quite the way they need them to be or they make a time or money investment and it doesn't go quite the way they hoped. And sometimes even when things are really good, you can have a bit of a crash. I experienced this earlier this year myself. Things were going so good that it created a state of complete overwhelm. So it can happen to anybody at any time, and we are going to look at how to overcome these challenges. Uh, Jay Massey, my friend, welcome aboard. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. Yeah. Now, before we dive in here, because I know you have a lot of great insights for us, what I want to do is just sort of take a step back and give our listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit. So just tell us a little bit about you know where you came from and what some of your journey was and what led you to where you are today. Certainly, certainly. Well, um, came from. That's interesting. My mom had me in 1974. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's what you're after, though. Um, the, basically, what my, the genesis to what I, I do today was uh, born out of you know emergency or crisis, for lack of a better way of putting it. I sure. mean, um, out of emergency, things emerge. I mean, you know, and Phoenix from the ashes type of thing. So a few years ago, my my wife and I we were financial planners. My my actually my wife was a recruiter. I was a financial planner, and. What happened is, you know, we had experienced a miscarriage and my wife was pregnant, which again, which is like, yeah, great. Except <laughs> when she's pregnant, she develops, she has a condition known as hyperemesis. Most people have no clue what that is unless you had it yourself or you're in the medical profession. And it just simply means that she can't eat or drink while pregnant. Like, it's really interesting and weird. So that stressed me out. One day to blow off that steam, I went to go play volleyball. Well, uh, I jumped and I landed on a guy's head uh, on the way down while trying to spike the ball. And that turned into a hole in my lung and a condition known as pleurisy, which meant now I could not walk and talk simultaneously without fainting. Both of those things combined mean that that's code for we had no money, uh, period, uh, able to come in. So we started squatting in bank-owned properties, selling our personal possessions on eBay, uh, that was the situation. Yes, we already had one older child, and that was our first child together. So we had all of that going on simultaneously and uh, with a credit score of 398. 
you know, and a friend right. said, hey, <laughs> you should start, you should get into real estate investing. I'm like, yeah, that makes a whole lot of sense, guy, because, you know, I got a, I, I, I got a credit score of 398. I, I don't know anybody's going to give me a loan and I can barely afford lunch today. So I hope you're paying, you know, that that's literally how it started. And we went to find out what he was talking about anyway. Turns out he was right. Uh, because truly, uh, at the core of all business, uh, real estate being one of many, business is about value creation, you know, and if you can create value, you can then take a representation of that value in the form of currency or cash, and you can use that currency or cash in any way that you'd like. And that's the key thing that we must learn to do as value creators is how to create more of it faster. And real estate's been the place that we've been able to do that. As, absolutely, that's outstanding. And you know, you and I had a conversation in the green room, green room about this. And you know, it's kind of funny how things tend to pile on when you least need them, whether things are going really good <laughs> or going really bad. It just doesn't matter. Sometimes when you're right. on top of the world is when a blow comes and spikes you in the head. And sometimes yep. it's when you're down, somebody decides to kick you even harder. I mean, I've had, right. I, I mean, I've had times where I've gone through life and I'm thinking, okay, everything's going great, and all of a sudden something comes up. So I'm thinking. Seriously? Come on? And then there'll be those times when it seems like everything's piling on. It's like, come on, just give a brother one break this week. Can you please? (laughs) And so we've all been there. And I'm just being a little emotive here because I want our listeners to feel that this is something that we all go through from time to time. So as you were building your real estate business, Jay, uh, what are some of the challenges you faced? And what were some of the steps you took to overcome them? Because I'm very interested in what you do with real estate. Sure, sure, sure. Well, I often tell people, real estate would be perfect if it didn't involve people. And so that that the challenge is people. I mean, you don't realize it, but you, you know, people often think, "Oh, I want to do real estate." Well, that's also code for you better get really good at interpersonal skills and dealing with people. You better get good at sales. You better get good at conflict resolution, and the that means you get good at it now. And it's it's like it's like nothing else I've ever done. I mean, in terms of how many people it takes to execute one vision, and you you and that's the other challenge that I find a lot of people have with real estate is that because it requires so much interaction between so many different parties that are interrelated to achieve one goal, you get frustrated with how you know how to get stuff done and keep everybody on the same page. I mean, a real estate transaction is not for the faint of heart. Uh, however, that doesn't mean it's impossible. It just means you've got to learn how to get everybody moving in the same direction at the same time and, and on the same page. And that's probably the biggest challenge, I guess, if you will, that most individuals are going to face regardless of where they're coming from. I mean, I'm naturally an introvert, which means I don't really enjoy talking to people you know, uh, a whole lot. So that, that was one of the first and biggest challenges. It's like, wow. That being that way is not going to help my family earn more money. So I had to learn to adapt and right. gain many skills. I mean, and that that's the challenge. Most of business, most of real estate is a personal development hurdle. I, I would say business is, is a personal development hurdle. And the number one thing most we should be pursuing aggressively isn't more knowledge about, you know, what's the difference between a purchase money mortgage or a contract for deed or how does a lease option work the thing we should be working on the most is ourselves and gaining new skill sets right and you know it's kind of funny you bring up 
the whole introversion extroversion thing because this is as you know a very hot topic of debate uh, especially lately uh, approximately half the world give or take are probably introverted personalities and without understanding what introversion versus extroversion really means we put all these labels on people who are both introverts and people who are extroverts so you know you being a fellow introvert you and I are both very introverted people um, it's not a matter that we're shy or standoffish or antisocial or anything like that to the contrary I mean you know you and I have chatted before and we've met in person. I can tell you, you're certainly not an antisocial man by any <laughs> means. Um, uh, what it really comes down to, by and large, is how you gain and expend energy through right. social interactions. The extrovert gets charged through social interactions. The introvert gets drained by social interactions. So right. uh, you put an introvert and an extrovert in the same party, they'll both do great at that party. The extrovert's going to go to the after party. The introvert's going to go hide <laughs> for two days. <laughs> right. That's if we stay for the whole party in and of itself. But yes, uh, exactly right. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think we both know what we're talking about when we say uh, we got some little escape plan in mind, the emergency phone call scheduled to come through yeah. just in case and just in case that happens to come through conveniently consistently all the time yeah pretty yes. much <laughs> <laughs> so uh so let's say somebody's stuck in a mindset where they uh are finding themselves challenged um they have problems with their life problem with their business and it's affecting their mindset so how can they change that and get themselves in a the groove where they're taking action and start to improve their lives yeah, well, the, the issue is we all, yeah, as you've said more than once, we all find ourselves in those mindsets at times. What it comes down to is that it's not about you to begin with. Uh, it, it never was, never will be. It's not about you. It's not about your problem. The question is, is, do you have a solution that you can offer to other people? Lead, not with your need, but your solution. Those are the things that tend to free me up and give me the ability to get focused on, on what I can actually do. We spend an inordinate amount of time thinking about why we can't do something and how all the obstacles are in the way. Well, ask yourself this one powerful question. If this idea was to work, what would it take? What would I do today? How would it feel? When you start asking and giving yourself permission to go, well, I get all that. I get why. I get what I don't know. I get what I'm missing. I get all that. But if this was to work, what would I have to do first? What would I have to do next? And who's going to help me? I mean, the, at the time, oftentimes we've got our questions. We're asking ourselves, A, horrible questions, and then B, the questions in the wrong order. Uh, for so for I always when I'm coaching people I always say answer the questions in this order it's always why what when who then how why what when who then how most of the time we want to jump straight to the how well uh, I, I want to do real estate I want to do apartment buildings like you Jay I, I want to do cell phone towers great wonderful but I don't know how to do it can you show me how to do it well you you skipped the <laughs> why what who and you 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 think we want something all the time and then we get stuck and we can't get out of that mindset well if i and then we say things like well if i just knew this then i could and we've and we just got things in the wrong order in a lot of in a lot of instances and when we can prioritize properly you know suddenly the path illuminates itself well, why didn't you say it was that easy well I, I did the first time you just wanted to do it differently <laughs> 
you know, you know, sometimes that's a case. And uh, I've experienced myself uh, being in a consulting business where I, you know, I we have a lot of clients here, and we have awesome clients here. And sometimes I'll speak with a prospect who I will give them all the information that they should need uh, to be able to make a, a smart decision. And then they will say something to us, well, you know, that's not quite we're looking to do and then they move on and that's perfectly fine because you know we, there's enough room for everybody then I find out uh, sometimes a while later sometimes a short time later that uh, they paid somebody else to do that exact thing that they said they didn't need or I'll find <laughs> out that they told me that uh, uh, that they basically pour mouth to the entire conversation well I don't really have money for that my last person charged me twelve thousand dollars and I didn't get anything so I want you to pay the price for that and give me a big discount and next thing I know they gave another twelve thousand dollars to somebody who delivers half of what I deliver and the only thing I can attribute that to and maybe you have another insight on this the only thing I can attribute that to is we hear messages we may hear the same message from different sources it's not always the message itself it's sometimes who delivers the message how they deliver it and when they deliver it so five people can tell you the same thing uh, but only one of those is going to get through what are your thoughts on that well it's, it's part of that continuum of belief and at the end of the day most of that is a is a response to to fear fear is like the number one thing holding most of the people back from doing the things that they know they should do my here's my challenge uh people uh, who come to me, you just got to understand, I do not do the kid glove, hey, this is going to be, you know, uh, Pollyanna type of world over here. You, and just understand right. my where I came from. I, I was fighting for food. I'm fighting to make sure that my family could eat. I mean, if you could, so I'm always coming from the standpoint of if you can walk or talk, have a place to stay, your spouse might isn't going to die today, then you've got no excuse for taking action and i have no incentive to tell you anything other than what will work now you may not like the fact that i'm absolutely in your face okay but guess what that's also not my problem and oftentimes what i what i find is that people uh, we i cut through the mess and help them see that this is where you are you may not like the fact that i'm telling you where you are but that's the truth of the matter and when they're faced with that truth, sometimes the truth is scary. They run the other way, and they need someone to spoon-feed it to them or coat it with sugar. Right. And that just ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> That's just not me. But if you can accept responsibility for that, then you got a shot. I mean, we can help. I've, we've helped so far. Uh, we can claim influence to, to have helped three different uh, of our members so far literally retire in the last 12 months. Wow. Uh, and I'm just like, yes, but they listened. You don't understand. They they did what I said to do. And none of them, you know, so when, when I say this, it, don't think like, oh, they must have been all 70-year-olds or something. No, the youngest is 30, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, and and they, they don't need their job anymore, be, not for no, not because I'm special, but because I'm, I, I said, do this. And don't give me any, like, grief about it. Do this. But and and yeah, they had to grow. Yeah, they had to learn new skill sets. Yes, it was scary. Yes, it was all this, that, and the other. But gosh darn it, if you let, if you can learn to tame that fear monster and get out of your own way, you'll be fine. No consultant, and I say this, and I'm sure this is true for you. No consultant should cost you a dime at all. Right. Not, not even a penny. 
Yes, they will charge you money, but they shouldn't cost you a dime. So you always give more in use value than you take from someone in cash value. And, you know, because I've got some programs that are very, very, quote unquote, expensive, so to speak, but they don't cost a person a dime. Right. At all. And and if you when you when you when you can't put yourself in that mindset, then you're, you're probably already doomed to begin with. Well, here's how I look at it. Um, we have to look at what we mean by the word cost. I mean, sure, there are investments to things. Like you buy a house, you invest in that. You purchase a home study course, you invest in that. You hire a coach, you invest in that. But in the end, it should not cost you anything because the, the investment should return upon itself. Just last night, I uh, put my chips in on a $2,000 investment that, uh, I mean, I'm not a poor man by any means, and my business is doing just fine, but uh, I didn't exactly have $2,000 just burning a hole in my wallet at that very moment. But what I recognized... <laughs> is the value and content of what I'm going to get through that course, through that program, is something I'm going to be able to very quickly turn around and use for an initiative we're about to start in my own business, and also to help a client of mine solve a problem they're having. And I will recoup that $2,000 so quickly that uh, not only, I, I mean, to do two do $2,000 end up doing the payment plan. So it's going to be uh, like $200 a month for 10 months or whatever that comes out to. I'll probably, within the next few months, uh, go to them and say, hey, you know what? I actually have the money. Can I still get part of the discount if I pay you the rest right now? Yeah, totally, totally. That, yeah, yeah that, that's that's my that's that's the decision I made. That I'm not just, uh, uh, and this is a challenge I put down for myself that's going to drive me to get my return on investment out of this because I know how to get the return on investment. The opportunities to get the return on investment are right in front of me right now. So that's my challenge. In three months' time, I want to have all the rest of the money saved up so I can contact their customer support and say, look, I actually have the money right now. Can I still have a piece of the discount if I pay this off right now? Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in, even if you don't have that piece of the discount, here's the point. Um, the, the point is, is you should always be able to get more in use value than you pay in cash value. I'm not right. talking, or I'm talking orders of magnitude more. So if I'm going to make a $2,000 investment, that better bring 20 grand. Right. Period. And at that point, I'm not really caring about a discount. It's like, dude, whatever. Skill sets <laughs> is the name of the game. And that's what most people are missing. They think it's more knowledge. There's knowledge out there. It abounds. It's everywhere. It's Barnes & Noble, Google. You, I don't really care where you go. There's knowledge everywhere. Show me people who know how to use knowledge correctly. Those are the ones who know how to create value. I don't even have to have the knowledge. That's the craziest thing about real estate and in and, and, and of itself. I, my company does things that I personally don't know how to do. Right. It, but... I have access to the people who know how to do it, and that's all that matters. And it's like, you know, I don't need to know, like, the difference between a caulking gun and a staple gun. Now, some of you, you probably do, and you just, like... like There's a fairly large difference between those two <laughs> things, yes. One, 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 one is, uh, I mean, they're, they're, they'll both stick you, but in way different ways. Exactly. <laughs> that's my point, see? That's all I need to know. I just want to stick something on the wall, right? Which yeah. one should I use? Uh, the point is, yeah, I don't need to know how to use them. I, I don't even care what brand is the best but th that's where we get stuck we get stuck in thinking that that's what i have to know if i just knew that then i xyz or uh or even worse because I, I do a lot of instruction on how to raise capital and get in front of investors etc and people go well i need to understand the paperwork and if i understand the paperwork that that's going to get investors to want to write 
me a check. I'm like, yeah, no, that's not going to do it at all. And uh, and I get people who quit on themselves all the time because they're afraid. They they want to use fancy words like, oh, this this isn't for me, or or this you know it doesn't fit. It, no, you're just afraid. And I'm going to the problem is is I tell people you're just afraid. But if you're willing to deal with that fear, which I can help you through because I I had the same problem. Right. You can end up on the other side of this thing in in no time flat and and put yourself in this situation to where all of a sudden you're experiencing a life that you 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 didn't even think was possible or you thought because this is the common thing it it was going to take 10 or 15 years for you to get to and we help you get there in two or less and uh just about how long did it take you to get from squatting in bank-owned property to owning more than 300 units of property and being involved in a Belizean luxury resort. <laughs> How long did that take you? Uh, that, so the it's kind of misleading because the first two years took was really, really slow. And then the rest of it happened really quickly. <laughs> it's like it took, it took like two, two and a half, almost three years to get to like say 117 units. And then the balance of that happened like in 12 months it just went it just went quick once i got like you know my feet under me so i would say total four four and a half years uh and then what happened is that i called myself retiring for a little moment and then people started asking me to show them what i do and that's when you know that's when I started trying to learn how to show people what I do. I, I had never considered that. I built all of these things without any website and any email lists or <laughs> any of those things. Wow. And now it's like, all right, well, now you want me to show you how to do what I do. All right, let's 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 figure out how to do that. And then it turned into, it just turned into more people wanting to know. So that's when I started writing the books and the courses and all the other stuff is trying to help more people because again as an introvert i it takes a lot of energy for me to to want to be around and talk to people and i get tired of answering the same question so right here's a book here's a course that answers the very same question that you're going to have well that's not the question i just need this answer no you don't need just the answer. trust me on this one <laughs> there's a process to this whole thing there's a sequence to this whole thing and yes what you need what you're asking is important but that's not what's important right now that's not what's holding you back from experiencing the success you're after and you know uh when when people submit to that process they end up i, I end up i get a kick out of watching it happen yeah, you know, uh, there are a few things you said in that answer that I'm going to have to bifurcate and pull out here a little bit because you just gave us so much brilliance there. There are three or four things I'm going to need to shine the spotlight on. The first is, you told me it took you about four and a half years to go from squatting to being a tycoon in real estate. <laughs> now, <laughs> and, and then you also pointed out to me, it seemed like for the first two years was a very steep upward climb until yeah. you got to that point where you had your feet under you and then the rest of it seemed to happen quite naturally. Do you find that a lot with the people you work with where it seems like the biggest struggle is to come to a certain yep. marker in their journey and then suddenly everything becomes a lot easier? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it happens all the time. The, the challenge is, is people don't reach out to us until they're in distress. Because uh, typically what happens is, Jay, I need to make some money like by this weekend. I'm like, 
I'm like, yeah, that's just not going to happen. Who hasn't but, been there once or twice? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that's just not going to happen. You're going to make, you can do this eventually, but the keyword is eventually, and how much time are you going to give it? You know, so I always, I try to get people to be in the mindset of, look, if you're going to want to, if you're just trying to do one transaction, one deal, sure, 30 days, no problem, because you're just, you can do one transaction, whatever. If you want to actually build this into a business that has any shot of helping you become free of your current you know job or source of income this is a six to nine month process not because it takes six to nine months to get a transaction done it's going to take six to nine months of you unlearning everything you think is true you fighting us on what you think you should do versus doing what we are suggesting you should do and learning to think a completely different way than what you've grown up thinking and what you've learned to rely upon and that's the part that takes forever. If I if I could get someone to do that faster, it wouldn't take that long. But you've got to become, you literally have to become, will you be willing to become a different person? That's the part that takes the, the, the long time. And once that happens and solidifies, then yeah, you've got the infrastructure with which to run, you know, at breakneck speed. I mean... Many people say to me, and I tell people that they're, I've got a number of people right now that we're working with that say they want to earn $10,000 a month. And I'm like, great. That's two transactions at the most if you have all the correct infrastructure pieces in place. Really? You're saying I could be out of my job this year? Yeah, easily. It's two transactions. You just don't you don't have all the pieces in place. You don't have the correct thinking, the correct methodologies, the correct team all the stuff in place and once it's in place you you know it's it's easy it's two transactions how long is escrow 60 90 days so it, it's not that big of a deal but getting you to become that person that knows how to run that team and knows how to uh, verify you know do due diligence and, and be the person who knows how to understand the value that you're creating and delayed gratification and all this other stuff that's the that's the magic of my business right there that is great. Now, that's the first thing I wanted to pull out because that is so true. And we've heard the expression three feet from gold and mm -hmm. the one miner just said, oh, there's nothing but dirt here. I turn around. Meanwhile, there was a nugget of gold right, right. on the other side. But yep. the other miner just kept digging that extra 15 minutes and then hit the, uh, the vein of gold. So there's that, that I wanted to pull out. The second thing I want to pull out is, you mean to tell me that you built a business without a website? I know, right? <laughs> Are you kidding I, me? I, I, I know. I, I didn't, Adam. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't, and a website did not seem to me at the time to be something that I absolutely had to have in order to eat. Remember, one of the, uh, one of the interesting things that I'm that I experience in 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 our industry is real estate is inherently offline. And it's about 30 years behind from a technology standpoint. I mean, we still use this thing called paper, you know, yep. uh, and most real estate investors don't have a clue about online technologies and those that do don't use them properly. So we don't really need a website per se to sell a building, per, especially because most of the time they're only working in their own backyard however now that we now that some laws have changed and how you can raise capital and what you can do and all this other stuff oh 
to not have one is 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 absolutely it, it's it's a kiss of death to some degree depending on how how big you want your business to be you right. you need one it it's not an it's not an option i i can't function without the technology today i uh, i just didn't know what i didn't know so not no no one told me that i needed one and i couldn't do it without it so it was like i just did because i remember i was operating from the standpoint i i gotta eat right Precisely, and, and I actually pulled that out for a slightly different reason, is up until 2010, I owned a web development firm. I used to dress up in surgical garb, gotten from a real hospital, and get up on stages as the website surgeon. Uh, there's still pictures of this, <laughs> and somewhere there's a video. I've, I think I've suppressed it, but I'm not sure. It might still be leaking out there somewhere, of me up on stage running around in my surgeon's garb. I still have... The, I still have the gown and the mask and the gloves and everything. They're hanging in my closet. They go with me every time I move. Uh, but I haven't put the things on in five years. There are basically two reasons that I decided that being involved in website development uh, was not really where I felt that I could bring the most value to the world. Uh, and this is what I kept seeing again and again and again with some of the clients who came through the door. Not all, but some. Which is, first, uh, we have to have the perfect website with uh all the bells and whistles and everything has to be exactly perfect before we even let a single prospect know that we exist. No. So what happens is you sink 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 into a website, then you don't make any money. And then the next thing we hear is, oh, my web designer screwed me. This thing doesn't make any money. Right. Yeah, it's more like you didn't test your, your model. Um, in my marketing, uh, folks frequently hear the phrase spend less time editing and maintaining and more time educating and monetizing and this and this is something i came up with by accident during uh the web development days i think this was in about the year 2007 actually we had this one client who uh was every she had seven long-form sales letters on her website and every single week she would want to re-edit all these things, uh, go through them, go through every word, make all these little changes, because she was convinced if she just kept making these changes, that eventually her website would finally start magically spitting out money. And every single time one of her friends, uh, some of whom didn't even know clue one about marketing, would point out something to her, it was a huge crisis. It had to be fixed right now. We can't have this out there. And uh, it, it came to a point one day where I literally yelled into my phone receiver. I said, you know, I might actually want to do business with you if you'd spend less time editing this thing and more time promoting it. <laughs> and, she just, and she just got quiet and said, oh, yeah, touche. It didn't change her behaviors and she moved on two months later, but, uh, but that was my point. Um, now, with her message and what she was doing, uh, if I had known back in 2007 what I know in 2015, I could have found a way to persuade her to stop even thinking about her website and go out and get 15 customers. Right. Because the type of thing that she was promoting, I don't want to say what it is because I don't want to identify her because she's a she's a really good person. She's doing some great stuff in the market right now. Um, is that uh, it's the type of thing where you didn't really need to have a website or quote unquote drive traffic to it as much as I hate that phrase. Um, the right. other thing going along with that with websites is uh, folks would view the website as a goal and not as a tool. The website right. itself, I mean, that's great. You have a website. Whoopty, freaking do. I have five websites. Mm -hmm. uh, but the goal is to grow your business, get more customers, do more right. transactions, build the lifestyle you want. And then the third thing I want to pull out, Jay, is you did this without a list? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you it's amazing. I mean, like I said, no one told me that I needed one, so I didn't go get one. Wow. I had to learn to talk to people and that's what I did. When you when you're when you are going when you know that if I get up today and don't sell something soon we don't eat you operate completely differently you prioritize differently everything is different and at the end of the day at you some yeah was that a huge do i now see how that's a huge missed opportunity absolutely sure absolutely but i also didn't get caught up in the weeds of what software program do I need? And how do I put this together? I was focused on the IG, what I call the IGAs, income generating activities. Right. Period. Every I day. like that. IGAs. That's the only thing that mattered. It, hey, if, if did you, and I, uh, there's a concept that I was taught and that I tell people that I teach. It's called pay time. You, only as an employee are you paid for the amount of time you are physically present at work. Everyone else, a self-employed person, small business owner, big business owner, investor, etc., they are paid for generating an actual result. Those results are always generated in front of or on the phone with a prospect or a customer. Therefore, if I am not on the phone or in front of a prospect or a customer, I am technically unemployed. When I understood that, I went crazy on making sure that every second, every minute of every day puts me in front of or on the phone with a prospect or a customer. And now, now when you want to talk about how can you use your website as a tool, well, it's it's a way to be perpetually in front of a prospect yes. or a customer. That's when the website begins to make you some money. That's right. That's absolutely right. And you know, it's funny you mentioned this, and uh, and I love the mindsets and the strategies you pulled out here, especially the IGA thing. That thing is absolute solid gold. I hope you're. I hope when you put that in your materials, you put a TM mark after it because uh, <laughs> that is really good. Um, one of the reasons I'm unemployable uh, is because when I worked in the corporate world, I was deemed a slacker and here's the reason why because I wasn't always at my desk and answering the phone when people called I mean first of all I'm an introvert I don't answer the phone that's the first thing <laughs> second of all um second of all uh, for my last two years in the last place I worked before I became a full-time entrepreneur I was in charge of a uh, I was in charge of a process that involved um, getting financial and clinical information so that uh, so that Provider, because I work for a managed care company, like an insurance company, uh, basically overseeing the financial process of getting agreements and money transacted with providers who were out of network, who rendered, who rendered critical care services to the members. Now, um, where was I when I wasn't uh, being quote unquote productive, quote unquote, at my desk? I was a lot of the time. I was actually over in the other departments with the other people that I was interacting with, uh, working with them to make the process work better. But see, that was deemed wandering around aimlessly. <laughs> and, it was, yeah. and it was suggested I go to the employee assistance program to find a way to get more focus. It's like, okay, whatever. Uh, yeah, I think I better accelerate my entrepreneurial dream here. So, uh, you know, the thing, the thing is, when I was told all this stuff that I was aimless and, and unfocused and all that, I'm just smiling and nodding and thinking, 
yeah, I think I just moved up my timetable for getting out of here. She probably actually thought she was getting through to me when she was telling me all this stuff. She was. It just wasn't the message she was hoping to implant in me is all. So what she was really creating for herself was a was an employee turnover issue. But hey, you know, you know, if 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 uh, at, you know if uh, if wanting to hear my side of it would have been anywhere on her radar screen, who knows? Maybe I would have actually progressed in that company. But we'll never know. No. Uh, so. Um, what are some of your other core success strategies? Anybody listening right now to this on the Business Creators Radio Show simply needs to go to iTunes after we're done and go and pull the download, which will be up within 24 hours after we run this, and listen to everything that Jay has shared with you so far, and you're going to find a lot of core success strategies. But what are some of the other ones? Well, uh, outside of pay time, I mean, pay time is huge, right. is uh, understanding how the we, even though, as much as I hate to say this word, I still know that structure is something that I need. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that this is important because one of the things that uh, people say, at least they say it to me, is, Jay, I want to do this because I want... I want to be free. I want my freedom. Well, here's the thing. For most of us, especially those of us in the U.S., you already have your freedom. Your freedom you have. The question is, is can you keep it? Uh, that, that's, that's the question. You were, and in order to keep it, that means you need to stay, stay focused. When you're an employee, they, they tell you what to do, when to do it, how long you can go to the bathroom for, uh-huh. when lunch is, what time to, you, you're going to, they pretty much dictate when you're going to wake up and what time you're going to go to bed. Uh-huh. Uh, simply by your, the, the hours you work and all of those types of things. Now, some of you may be okay with that. Others of you, if you're listening to this, you're probably not as okay with that. However... <laughs> You have the opposite problem. You're like, well, I'm going to do my own thing. Well, what happens is you start doing your own thing, and then your own thing really is code for, I don't want to do nothing at all, all day long. That's This is free. I get to do nothing if I want. And the problem with that is you're not producing a result. And then it becomes, well, how do I produce a result? I don't know how. And, and then you actually think it takes eight hours to produce a result. And I'm like, no, 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 it doesn't. But you've got to learn how to put yourself on what I call the ideal week. Uh, and, and most importantly, then measure your time so that you waste as little as humanly possible. And I said that that way on purpose. So some of the things that I do is I think about, and, and if you actually would write this out, it would help you a ton, you know, just on a week at a glance calendar, Sunday through Saturday, Literally block off what you want to do. How much time do you want to spend sleeping? How much time would you like to spend eating? How much time is rest and relaxation, recuperation? Which you can guess for some of us is more than others. Uh, And how much time do you actually want to spend in pay time? You know, you got to put that stuff on there. However, the second thing that's required is when those time frames come, you actually got to do that at that time. And... Oftentimes, the entrepreneurial world can be very, you know, lonely, so to speak, in the sense that there's no one standing over your shoulder saying, hey, what'd you do? Hey, what'd you do? Correct. So you've got to come up with your own way of doing that. One way that I found that has worked for many, many people um, is what I did is I took a, uh, what happened is I was experienced a a loads of stress. This is how I discovered it. I was experiencing what felt like loads of stress. So I was like, okay, I know what I need to do. I need to pray some more. All right, cool. So what I did one day, just as an experiment, I was like, you know, every 15 minutes, I'm going to see if I can do this. Just every 15 minutes, I'm going to stop and pray. That'll help me. 
Right. Now, here's the question, though. How am I going to remember every 15 minutes? So I had to search out a device at the time. This was before, you know, you, the iPhone. So I had to search out something that could go off every 15 minutes to help me, you know, snap out of whatever I was doing and pray. Two things began to happen. One, I never wasted more than 15 consecutive minutes. And two, I got a whole lot done in a very short period of time. And I started to feel guilty because I was, quote unquote, done with my day's work and eight hours wasn't expired yet. I'm like, well, shoot, here's a productivity hack that I've never experienced before. Wow. And that's exactly what you, so you can do that. You, I'm willing to bet that most people listening to me right now could get a full day's work done in about two and a half hours using what I just said. And you're like, well, shoot, if you still have energy, then go ahead. Yeah, go for four hours, go for six hours. If you still have the energy and you will see just how productive you are. And all it took was setting a reminder to go off every 15 minutes and ask yourself the question, did I, did I do anything in the last 15 minutes that's going to move me one step closer to the goal? If the answer is yes, then great. That was a productive 15 minutes. If it wasn't, then guess what? You only wasted 15 minutes. Now get back to it. And when you do that, you, you'll surprise yourself of how productive you can be. That's incredible. So just so I understand this correctly, every 15 minutes, stop and ask yourself, did the what I did in the past 15 minutes take me one step closer to my goal? Yep. If the answer is yes, keep on keeping on. If the answer is no, make an adjustment, but get back in there, sport and do it. That is exactly right. Yeah. And, and, this, and as far as this whole thing about, and, and I, I read about this years ago, and I realized how true it really was. If we want to talk about corporate scenarios uh, that are not really enlightened to the idea of true productivity, is uh, if you think <laughs> about um, in in cube world, cubicle world, how much time do you think people spend actually working? I know, not much. Yeah, I mean, I mean, remember, I was lazy, unfocused, and unmotivated because I was actually out in the other departments dealing directly with people to improve the process I was in charge of. But because I wasn't at my desk with my fingers properly on the keyboard with my with my back erect and answering the phone on the second ring whenever somebody called and responding <laughs> to emails within six and a half minutes and all that, you know, okay, whatever. But meanwhile, meanwhile, so these people that uh, were the you know the productive the superstars that were at their desk answering their phone. Well, what were they doing on the phone? Was this really productive time or was this chit chat? Right. What were they really doing on right. their computer? I mean, all these emails that they were answering within six and a half minutes. Were these e did these emails actually matter? I mean, I have two rules basically when it comes to email. Number one, the phrase urgent email is an oxymoron. If you ever put the word <laughs> urgent in an email subject line, chances are I'm going to misread that as delete without reading and do just that because don't try and tell me it's urgent. Now, if it's, if it, if, if you're close enough to me that your urgencies could affect me, you pick up the phone, number one. Right. Uh, and if not, then, well, then you're just not close enough to me. But either way, <laughs> that's simple. That's the first rule. The second, the second rule is um, if it doesn't really require an answer in my estimation, I'm not going to spend the time. Right. Because so much email goes out that doesn't really need to go out in the first place. Mm. And uh, and one of my other common tactics is if you send me seven emails, you might get one response that has all seven answers in it. Because I don't want to have seven different trains going on. I want a zero mm -hmm. inbox at the end of every day. Well, yes. That, that would be beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Be I mean, that's a little sometimes a little hard to achieve. Uh, but you know how I got a zero inbox? Um, Delete this, all? 
Kind of, kind of. <laughs> yeah. The big question that comes up when we have these debates online about, well, how do I get a zero inbox? How do I sort yeah. through and I decide which emails I need to keep? Which which of these things should I import to a CRM? Uh, what should I put in client notes? Uh, how should I mark things and filter things? I said, okay, you want a zero inbox? Here's what you do. You create a folder, call it archive. Go through your <laughs> inbox, mark them all as red, then move all of them to the archive. You now have a zero inbox. Congratulations, go swimming. If you ever need to go back and find that email about that transaction that Jay Massey sent you eight months ago, guess what? It's sitting there in your archive. Yep. And you have a search function. So there you go. There's your zero inbox. Yeah. That, that, that's an example of uh, not making things more difficult than they have to be. You, you do realize that there's a, there's a very large section of the people who are listening right now who probably just said, you can't do that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> they're like, they're crawling in their skin yeah. right now. Like, I can't believe that. I mean, we just caused them so much anxiety right there. I know. I know. Well, you know, they say the breakdown before the breakthrough. And uh, what was that you said about uh, emergency and emergency? Yeah, right, right, right. You're gonna yeah. emerge. Yeah, totally. It's not that. It's not that big. It's all good. But yeah, email management—that's a whole different thing. But the, the and that was the thing for me is like in the corporate world, what would what would frustrate the tar out of me was I could I would not could but I did I would produce and underwrite and do more work two to three times as much work as the next person, right. but. I, I had this little problem with, you know, realizing that nine o'clock meant nine oh oh, not like nine oh five. And that lunch really is supposed to be one hour, not like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, those, yep. those types of things. So uh but even though that I, I maybe got an extra fifteen minutes here or there, um I still outproduced everybody. But what they wanted to focus on was the extra fifteen minutes. Right. Unless, like, 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 seriously? Like that? That's your issue. Your issue with me is the fact that I find a faster, better way to do stuff that that allows you to literally process more customers, generate more revenue, and you're upset because I, I get here five minutes late. So, me being me, here's what I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I started arriving, and I'm not kidding. An hour early and because well because then i could i could in seclusion be working on my thing that was going to eventually free me from i figured i figured that one out Get one. <laughs> so that, I, I, what i started doing is um you know most people in my department would usually you know come in between 8 and eight thirty. so what i had started doing is i'm not i'm not by nature really an early riser so i would do this maybe three days a week i'd get there at seven instead of eight I'd be the first one in. They wouldn't have the overhead lights on, so it'd be nice and calm. Um, I would be the one getting all the emails and stuff out first. So when I approached it at 7, I was in a proactive mode. Instead of coming in at 8.30, already having 20 things to answer, being in the reactive mode. That in itself created a major mind frame shift for me. Yeah. Yeah. And then what, but the, the thing that, and I, I wish I was joking, Adam, <laughs> but then it became a problem. They were like, you can't get here this early. I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. One, you're, you, first you complain that I'm five minutes late. Oh my and God. Then I get an hour early and you're like, yeah, you can't be here. I'm just like, all right, I don't even know. I don't know how to please you people. Um, and it was, it was just very, very, 
there was many many such frustrations along the way. Yeah, but, yep. I had a few of those. I had a few of those. Um, there was a there was a freak. When I used to live in Pittsburgh and I worked for this one company, there was a freak blizzard in December, like totally out of the blue, ten inches of snow in the ground, and uh, you know it wasn't even expected. You know, we wake up in the morning, and obviously they're not prepared for that, so the roads are for crap. And and the, and the compound on top of this is um, the night before, my dad had been coming home from work, and he was involved because of this freak blizzard. Um, he was involved in a traffic accident in which the other person died so naturally oh, wow. i'm not real excited about getting on the roads however no. i know that there is some stuff that needs to be done with the work that uh, kind of needed to be done urgently it couldn't wait and it was really something that had to be handled by me because it was my process so um i spent two hours i logged into the email the work email from home i picked up my phone i made the calls i need to make and i got it all done next thing you know i find out that the ceo and half the c-suite are personally involved in being pissed off why am i working from home and i need to get my ass on the road and in there right now or face the consequences <laughs> so here's so here's where i got my come upons about three months later uh i uh and, and and another another part of this role involved event planning uh is uh i was in charge of the uh the logistics for an event now i had everything taken care of i mean I, I've done a hundred of these. I know how to call a hotel and make sure there's a room with 30 chairs in it. That's not hard to do, especially when I was doing 20 of them a month. I mean, it was road, it was road activity for me. And you know, of course, I you know I would uh, you know I would do verification checks the day before the or whatever just to make sure it was all there. Everything was good. So this one morning, I, I remember it was a Wednesday morning. Uh, I uh, I find out that uh, the person on site somehow didn't have the information even though i had emailed it to her and uh went through and verified all this stuff that i had verified and then complained to my supervisor that i hadn't organized anything which he first of all saw to be complete bullshit because he knew that i had but then right. he said you know what you should probably do is in the morning you know in the mornings when you have an event before you leave your house just do a quick call and i said no i'm not going to do that because i can't work from home remember <laughs> and when he tried to press that he said now now adam i said no uh, would you like to take this to human resources? Because you're expecting <laughs> me to work from home, and uh, and you had the entire senior management of this company personally looking to get their two cents in about how we don't have a work from home policy. So no, I absolutely will not be making those calls. <laughs> this was a, this was a guy who always had something to say. This time he didn't. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Totally. Sometimes the empire strikes back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally. I know, man. It's, uh, th but everyone listening, this is why you want to do your own thing. Yes. But, <laughs> but doing your own thing still comes with responsibility. Of course, of course it does. It's, it's, you know, and it actually comes with a greater sense of responsibility, and it's yeah. more exciting. So we have about uh, 10 minutes left here, and I want to give you a couple minutes at the very end here. But uh, sure. real quickly, Jay, if you could tell us a little bit about the importance of networking. We've covered so much about uh, you know mindsets of success strategies and addition about the old days, which is always fun. But tell us a little bit about networking and how it impacts the growth of your business. Well, it impacts the growth of everybody's businesses. I mean, it's it's paramount in mine because, again, it w most people are inherently still offline. I mean, most real estate people, if you find if they have a website, that's first of all, if they have one, uh, what it is 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 pretty much hi, here's my name, leave me in a message type of thing, you know, or they might have a port show you a portfolio of properties, but have no way for you to contact them except unless you pick up the phone, because that's what you're, that's what they want you to do. Um, so networking is key. Personal relationship is key uh, 
to everything that I do. It's it's key to you know every business in my opinion because there's two types of there's actually three types of situations that that occur out there. There's a lot of people. Those of you even listening, you know exactly what to do in your business. You know exactly what to do. However, you're just not the one equipped to do it, and you don't know anyone who you could do it with. Business is by definition very interpersonal, so you need other people on this team. Um, and there are a number of you who who know exactly the people. You know all the right people, especially when it comes to real estate. Oh, I know this person. I know this person. I know this person. But you have no clue how to organize those resources and put them to productive use uh, in any way, shape, or form. You have no clue what to do with the relationships that you have. And the whole reason my company exists, uh, you know, part is to, one, show people, hey, this is how you do it, and, and two, to do it ourselves. So, and put both the person who doesn't know what to do in contact with the person who does know or who has the resources and vice versa, the person with the resources in contact with the people who, who do know what to do. The, at the end of the day, networking is everything. It, it, I get to do what uh, I do because of who I know uh, at the end of the day, especially when you start talking about working in other marketplaces internationally, blah, 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 blah. I can't be everywhere. Uh, and without a, a deep enough network, to be able to protect capital uh, and the assets, you know, uh, you're you're not going to be very successful for long. One, two. Did I lose you? I'm sorry. Are you there? I am. Oh, you just love those technical glitches. All right. So, as I was saying here, um, I think a lot of our listeners know that uh, there's something that happens every once in a while in your business. Even when things are going relatively well, it's called you run short of cash. <laughs> and you said something yourself earlier, uh, which, you know, you said something yourself to it. And what immediately popped into my mind was the whole thing about if you're thirsty, you should have already been digging your well. Right. So I found myself in that situation. I'm thinking, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I should have been digging my well. However, uh, while I was all freaking out, wondering how I'm going to pay the IRS and pay my contractors and make sure there's enough money for all the automated stuff is going to come through and bill and everything else, I did manage to take a deep breath, <sighs> like 10 of those, <laughs> and reach out to a few people in my influ in my network and just sort of let them know what I'm doing in business, what have you, and ask them who they know. Yeah. And uh, let's just say I solved that problem in a week's time. Yeah. Yeah. In a week's time, I had the problem solved because just having a network and, ha and having built that know, like, and trust, what I call the website conversion conversation with people, knowing that you have people you can reach out to who would love to help you. And might not even expect anything return. I mean, they might. I mean, in many cases, they're not going to say, "Well, you know, these are my referral fees" or something like that. They just may say, "Oh, sure, I know somebody." Uh, I was, in fact, I was uh, just meeting with somebody the other day who mentioned they were planning to do this launch, and we're looking for somebody. So why don't I put you two together? Okay. Yep. Solves the problem. Yep. It's sometimes as simple as that. And when you nurture your networks, here's another thing that that I. Uh, used to do in the past I actually need to get more in the habit of doing again is um, I would have my one of my assistants go through my Facebook friends list and every Thursday send me a list of a random list of 15 people on the friends list my job when I got that list was to do two things to reply to her and explain to her how I knew that person 
and then to go to their wall and interact with them. Wow. That kept, that, that kept my network strong because it kept me in play and kept me interacting with people that maybe might not have crossed my consciousness because I don't speak with them that often and they're not on my news feed for whatever algorithmic reason. And it also <laughs> causes me to remember who are some of these people I've met? Uh, you, know, the, you know, the person you had lunch, dinner, and went to the after party with at that one seminar. You got, you got all friendy-friendy on Facebook and liked each other's photos for two weeks and then dropped off each other's radar screens. <laughs> what is it that you can do for them? What is it that they can do for you? You don't have to talk with your friends every day for them to be friends. Right. So that's really the benefit that had. So, so Jay Massey, I knew this was going to be one of our outstanding interviews here, and you have given us some solid gold. I now feel two and a half feet away from gold instead of three feet from gold. So you just <laughs> saved me six inches. Thank you very much. And what I'd like to do is uh, turn the floor over to you for just a moment and just give our listeners a sense of how you can help. Well, at the end of the day, we, we do two primary things. I mean, people uh, come to us who, A, want to learn to do what I do. What does that mean? That means you, you want to learn to raise capital, get involved with apartment buildings, and or get your, even your first real estate transaction done. Uh, we specialize in the using none of your own money or credit type of stuff because that's what we know how to do. We do this obviously domestically, meaning the U.S., as well as internationally. And of course, we work with a number of international investors uh, as well who want to take in real estate from the U.S., at, at the end of the day, I want you to go out there to provide clean, safe, affordable housing to people that need it when it matters most. And if that's something that you're interested in, track us down. We can help you get that started because I can't buy all the real estate. I can't solve all the problems myself. I need to create more entrepreneurs who understand value creation and can make that happen. That's fantastic. And I think that we all have a lot to learn from you. Uh, you know, be sure to check out the Cash Flow Diary. I know you have a podcast as well. I've been on it before and I'm looking forward to showing up again. And podcasting is one of the most fun things I think you can do in a business. It's one of the greatest ways to not only share your message in a way that's fun and engaging, but also to network and build connections. Indeed. And, and, and in fact, it's the introvert's preferred way of prospecting. You know that you know that's kind of, that's kind of funny. It's it's so true because you can you I mean you can run a podcast from anywhere. And I also tell people, and I've had other guests on the Business Creators Radio Show specifically around the area of public speaking. And one of the questions that I ask them about every single time is, um, I say, look, um, I think that public speaking, getting up on stage and speaking, I think that is the ultimate introvert's marketing strategy. Yeah, most yeah. of them get it. The message being quite simply, if you're up on stage, you're not actually speaking to anybody in particular. You have all those upturned heads and some downturned heads, people playing with their smartphones or what have you. So those are the ones you ignore and you focus on the ones who have their eyes on you. But uh, you don't actually have to speak with them. I mean, I have, a, I have friends who are musicians who get up on stage and can do three sets for three hours. And they're on top of the world, totally energized. Um, they're in their zone. But then it comes the dreaded part where they have to go to the table in the back and sign autographs, and they actually have to speak with people. Right. Because despite being rock stars, they're introverted. The energy drains out when they have to do all the handshaking and autographing and everything else. But put yeah. them up on stage and put them in their zone, and they, can, they, they, could, probably, they could probably do an eight-hour performance. They're that charged by it. 
Exactly. Funny how that works. So, again, Jay Massey, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homie, host of the Business Creators Radio Show. Please check out our previous and our upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com and on iTunes, where we help you win at the game of business and marketing. Until next time, have a great day. Take care.